Dara Lee is the founder and CEO of DLP Event Design and Production, an award-winning event design and planning agency in Brooklyn, New York, that approaches every event like a Broadway show by producing detailed, technically precise events that can transport the audience and even be a little magical. Dara brings more than 20 years of event business strategy and leadership experience to DLP and has been named as one of BizBash's top 500 event industry leaders. As chief executive officer, she oversees the strategic direction, culture, and structure of the company. Under her leadership, DLP was named by Ventex as one of the top 150 event companies, won numerous BizBash awards, and an Event Marketer X award. Dara attended the prestigious NYU's Titch School of Arts and actually performed on many stages across the country, discovered the magic was actually behind the curtain. Her passion for planning and storytelling led her to work with many top event planning companies in NYC. Eventually opening her own firm in 2015, creating events for some of your favorite brands such as Adidas, Brooks Running, CoverGirl, Ross Homemade, and Secret Deodorant, promoting the U.S. women's soccer team at the World Cup in Paris, France. One, two, three, Welcome to Eventus 365, the podcast that's all about corporate events and the magic behind the scenes. I'm your host, Yannick DaCosta, and I am excited to take you on a journey through the world of corporate events. But before we dive in, let's talk about the stress of creating marketing material for your events. We all know how tough it can be when deadlines are tight and resources are limited, but guess what? YKME Visual Communications has got your back. Our design firm specializes in working with corporate event professionals just like you, and we're here to help take the stress out of creating stunning graphics for your event. Our team of expert designers can deliver custom brand compliant designs in just 12 hours. So whether you need branding, signage, marketing materials, or anything else, YKMD's got you covered. Okay, now that that's done, let's start the show. Dara, talk to me about how you kind of describe what it is you do. What I do? Yes, what um, you do. Like, what, if you went to, like, a cocktail party and someone goes, well, what do you do? Like, what do you say? <laughs> that is always an interesting question because everyone looks at me like, huh? I mean, when I have to, like, when I have to really describe it, who doesn't know anything about the types of events? Because every time you do talk to a a civilian, I call them, <laughs> in the who don't understand, when I say event planning, they think they automatically go to weddings, personal parties. Oh, you're, or are you a, or are you a corporate event planner, which is a little bit different than what I do. Um, but we do play that, we do teeter-totter. So um, I think the biggest thing I always say, the line I always say is that we bring brands ad campaigns to life in real time. So it's, and for me, that's really kind of what we do and we really tell that story. So that's usually my tagline that I say to everyone. And then I have to elaborate a little bit more into that uh, if I have them. But I usually say that what you see on an ad campaign becomes an IRL experience, an in real life experience. And that's what we bring to life. Okay. So, so I'm going to tell you what I took from that, right? So for me, what I heard by default, I think this kind of comes from my background, right? All I heard mm -hmm. was like experiential design. That's what I heard from it, right? Like I heard brand activation. I heard like, you know, on-site marketing. That's what I heard. But I, th mm -hmm. I think that comes from the like, 
my background and like how I'm involved in that world and like what is required of me like as a graphic designer in those spaces so like yeah to me about your background and kind of like how you got to this place wanting to like create ad campaigns in real life because it almost sounds like not a real thing right like like they pay people to do this (laughs) (laughs) I mean I will say that when I um you know, I think that why I don't even say, because I think there's another aspect of what we do is like we tell we tell brand stories. And I think that for me, why I don't just say that out loud is because a lot of people who the, the lay person can take that in many different ways. There's, I think that has been talked about a lot in general of just talk, telling brand stories, but that could be anyone from a copywriter to what that is. And I keep saying what we do is in real life, it's, it's that large. Um, so I think that that's kind of the reason why I say that. Um, and now I'm going off on a tangent. I'm forgetting what you just asked me. <laughs> Ad campaigns in campaigns real life. Life. Yeah. And by the way, the tangent is not bad. We're just chatting, which is, which is <laughs> I go off on tangents all the time. All the time. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> my, my team, my team will look at me sometimes like I'm going on a tangent. They're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So talk to me about, and, and now I'm kind of going on a bit of a tangent, which is fine. Um, You were talking about storytelling. When you go to your website, like there's a very big, bold statement. It's like events are all about storytelling, whether they're mm-hmm. physical or like physically or virtually, right? So right. where did that come from? Where, where is this like, st- what, where is this, where is this root of storytelling come from? Like, was it from a, a previous experience? Is there like some alternate background in your life that led you to this place that felt like storytelling is how you utilize your skill sets to help brands bring themselves visibility in the real world? Yeah. Um, well, I, I mean, uh, I don't, I mean, my background is in theater. Uh, I went to, um, I went to NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. I studied musical theater. I jazz hands and all did everything, you know, for Lily was kicking to my face. Like was that girl? Yep. Um, and did that for, I was actually a late bloomer. I did it. I started late. Like I was 13 when I started singing, mm-hmm. I was with people who, and I had an amazing class. I had so let people who you know, like Kristen Bell and Matthew Morrison, these major celebrities were in our classes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started late, like they were, they were kicking to their face when they were five. So right. for me, it was, it was when I was in school, I think obviously I was telling stories. I was bringing them to life, but being inside the story myself, mm-hmm. I was transporting people in time, quite literally, like being in South Pacific, making them people believe I was in the South Pacific when they were in a theater. So I think for me, I'm a natural storyteller. Uh, I think that's where, obviously, where my first start came. Um, I think for how I transported myself into this new life was about five years after college or five years after performing, I think I fell in love actually with the other side of it. I was asking more logistical questions about how the set backdrops happened, how the lights, you know, were hung, all of these things. And I fell in love with the other side of it. Uh, I think I more or less wanted to be the director than being inside of the play. Uh, So that's kind of how I shifted. Um, I think that for me, it is a really big part of what I do. And it's really is why I ask the questions that I ask a lot of our clients. Uh, I think that for me, um, 
I think honestly, transparently, I think that people in events sometimes get lost in the mechanical, the logistics, the the Pinterest pages. Um, they don't <laughs> ask, they, you know, the first thing a lot of them do is go, what's it going to look like? You know, what's the, what's it going to look like? You know, and they don't really go back to the why. And for me as an actor, the whole purpose of anything I did, um, any kind of, any kind of play, any kind of movie, any kind of anything that I did, I always had a why. I had a why that character was doing it, why, and, and the actions that they took to find that, to do what they wanted to do. And I take that same structure literally with me when I ask these brands and our clients, why do they want to host an event? What's the purpose? Why do they want to do it in New York versus LA? I am very diligent. I have a very structured why questionnaire that I ask a lot of our clients to get to the root and to the purpose of the event. Because honestly, sometimes I will ask a question at the very end. I'll be like, do you really need to have this event? Like I actually really, not that I want to be, I mean, we always want to make some money, but I think me, yeah. for me in the end, it's, it's really about the purpose. Um, and I don't want to get, get lost in a, in a Pinterest page. I want us to really have a reason. Um, and I think that it gets, it's the meaning can get a little lost sometimes in a lot of our, in a lot of events in general. So the storytelling aspect for me is I bring that to the, I bring that to all of our events. And my, my team brings that with me as well. Um, we talk about, we talk about, you know, uh, actual events that we do in acts, like the entrance, the plot, the end. It's really about that flow. And that that's what we call the event flow. Mm-hmm. And to me, I look at that that way. So I think that in the, in that world, it's just really in that my background has really inspired me with what I do today. I love almost everything you just said, which, you know, it, it might sound ridiculous, but so let me, let me explain why. So okay. let me explain why about the wise. Okay. So nice. first of all, so I, I made this video the other day where I was recommending like 10 books that like every corporate event planner, I feel like should read. And Ooh. one of the books is the five whys. And mm-hmm. so when you're talking about, like, you have a questionnaire that, like, asks these very specific, like, well, why, and then why, and then why, and at the end of it, you're like, well, do you really need to have this event? I think it's actually really important, not just necessarily for the brands, but also for, like, you as a service provider, like, can I actually help you execute your goal? And if mm-hmm. not, right, like, if we get to the end of it and your goal isn't met, are you going to look at me like I'm incompetent or were we just not working towards the right goal? And like, was this just not the path to get there? So I think it's really cool that you do that, right? And then challenge the idea of like, hey, do you actually think that I could deliver the result that you're actually looking for? Or do you think you could get this in like a better or a different way? So I think that's actually really cool. Um, And thank you for sharing that. I I kind of almost want to dig deeper in there but I'm gonna say I'm gonna save it because I feel like I could I feel like I could go on forever um if I dive too much into the whys <laughs> you know we'll, we'll we'll have like a five-hour episode um but you you recently received an award um from BizBash mm. and I mean by the looks of it like you know if you again if you just go to your website like you see like there are like a bunch of different awards like it looks like you've been like winning these things for a really long time like so tell <laughs> tell us like what 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 does that last award mean? Like, what is it? How'd you get it? What is it? Like, what, what are, tell us all things, all the things. 
<laughs> oh, wow. Um, I also going back to what you just said, I could definitely go into the whys. We could have like a full like hour conversation about whys. Mm -hmm. um, I do like to talk about it a lot. <laughs> and just because I'm a purposeful person. And I think that it comes down to the stem of who I am to what I would like to deliver to people. So it's it's a bigger, bigger conversation. Maybe we can have a separate one. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in terms of the award, I was so grateful for it. I think that um, it was for the saucery uh, Rayo's homemade. Um, it was their first pop-up ever. And it was, it was really wonderful. It was in New York city. Uh, I think that it was the first time when they, the first, you know, I love working with clients that when it's the first time they've ever done an event like of this nature of the size. So mm -hmm. they were so ecstatic about the process. And I think that the reason why it's so special to me in general is the story of Rayo's homemade is quite amazing. Um, it, it it dates back to so like so so far in Italy, literally when like someone was making it in their kitchen to now being you know now being something that's on the shelf nationwide. It it's just an amazing amazing. It's a family like a small family story, and I think that for the event that we did, we really were able to show that story in an hour's time in the journey that the, that the guests took. Um, I mean, and I think that everything from where the tomatoes are from in Italy to the farm story to the jar story. I don't know. I just, I loved it so much. The team that we worked with as well, all of the, all the vendors uh, really helped us bring it to life. I think that also it was super special for me personally, because it was really just coming out of the pandemic time period. Um, and it was really the first for me, like it was in April, 2022 when we did it. So I think that it was like the first part of when it was about, you know, 2022 blew up really for a lot of event, event people, just the amount of events were insane. Just everyone wanted, wanted to do something. So I think that for us, it was just the beginning of the year and it was the first big one of our first big events that year uh IR like in real life and I just think we IRL water. yeah IRL in real life so I think it was just real well I will say like that's you know <laughs> it's our world our world after the pandemic I feel like I use that so much more compared to when I used to use that in the past which is <laughs> yeah. so bizarre to me but I do feel like I have to actually state that now because people will reference our virtual events which we've never did before we you know we, we did virtual in a different you know we we've always done um like press conferences and and live streaming but not the not in this little box mm -hmm. so i think in general it's a it's a new world for us using these terms like irl Got it. <laughs> it, it's funny because remember when they would be like don't talk to people online it's like don't meet them online stranger danger like go home like it's not safe oh. And like all you do now is meet people online. I mean, online? I, know, I know for me, like, that's like I think I think some of my like strongest relationships have been like built with people online, like in the last three years for sure. Because I've kind mm -hmm. of been like a hermit in terms of like not leaving my house. So <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that you said IRL because I actually use the reference of in real life less now. Because for me, I feel like people have accepted this virtual reality as a part of our real lives and like mm -hmm. the technology just being a conduit to making those connections. And it's not like, it's it's not like play, play, like it's not like 
you know, like, you know, like your fake cousin that you had, like, like your neighbor's daughter or whatever. Like, no, it's like <laughs> it's real life. It's just happening online. So it's it's interesting um, to kind of like hear it again, because I have kind of just like removed it from my mind to some degree. <laughs> um, OK, so you mentioned uh, the vendors, right? Like the vendors were like really awesome um, mm-hmm. surrounding this particular event. But before I even dive into that, actually, what is the process for becoming like an award-winning events professional? Like, let's say, like, what do you like? How do you get nominated? Where are you submitting things? Like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like, talk about the process. I feel like there's some people who may they may do really great things, right? And they have. Mm-hmm they don't have the proper understanding of what the process is to get that level of visibility and recognition. It's a good, it's a great question. Um, you know, I think, you know, we actually opened in 2015 okay. and there's some work that when we opened, I did not submit us for, like we did not submit our work, which I am kicking myself now for almost. Cause I do feel like we did some amazing work in our first two two to three years. Um, I think that when you, you know, I think I, I maybe had a little bit of that imposter syndrome when I first opened thinking all this, you know, it's, I'm not worth it. We're not worth it. Uh, You know, maybe we're not ready to do that yet. We Um, are. And I think that I, I, I mean, now I am kicking myself because some of the, some really amazing projects we did when we first opened. Um, I think that the, the events that, you know, quite literally when I, when I knew the scope of, of Rayo's and if I, when we got the project, I thought this could, this could be an award-winning project if it, if it goes according to my plan. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, I think that, you know, a lot of the, so for BizBash and for, uh, we have a a couple awards with uh, Event Marketer and BizBash um, and, you know, they have a submitting process every year. Uh, you know, the, the event marketer has event X, uh, the, sorry, the X awards and BizBash has their style mm-hmm. awards that they think they've actually changed the name this year. Um, but I, you know, every year they have their yearly awards. We submit based off the category. I think we, we submit based off the category that we think would be best suited for the event. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is honestly the toughest decision to make because there's categories like best, um, you know, best decor under $500,000 or best decor over $500,000 or, you know, best, you know, I think for BizBash, actually, we, uh, for the BizBash awards that we just won, we submitted that under actually two categories. Uh, and one was for best retail experience and one was for um, best pop-up experience. And I think ours actually didn't make the best pop-up experience. There were some really great contenders in 2022, uh, but we, we, you know, we were uh, best, I guess, suited for the best retail experience category. And we, we won in that category. So I think it's a little bit of the luck of the draw. I think there's some people who definitely have a mindset of like, let's just throw that one event into like every category possible and see what, and see what lands. Um, you know, I think I'm a little bit more strategic than that, but uh, I think that honestly, in terms of the events that you do though, I think that, um, you know, I think that, you know, I'm obviously I'm, I'm not a judge, but just based on what I've seen in the 20 plus years that I've been in this, this industry, it's, it's about originality. It is about 
you know, a lot of the events, they, they definitely would like to probably, a lot of the judges would probably like to see a lot of visibility in the event. Um, but I think they're also really about as well, like, did they reach their goals? You know, does the client overall happy? What was the customer, you know, if it was a consumer facing event, you know, what were the customer's reactions? So they ask those questions. So I think, you know, tracking your, if you are doing consumer facing events, especially like this one, track all that, make sure that you have, get some, you know, get some snippets of what customers are actually saying, like make sure that your brand ambassadors are writing those quotes down every day after, uh, after the event. So you can actually get feedback in real time. Maybe someone didn't like the experience. You can tweak that the next day, but in terms of the awards, it was, it, we took all those notes during the process. We do that for every consumer facing event anyway, but um, it really helped us when we had to submit because they, they ask all those questions um, when you submit. So I think, but for me, in terms of mindset, going back to that, I think it's now I'm at the place where I'm like, I really think that's amazing work. I think that we, the client was super happy. We loved how we, we loved how we overall designed it. It was really original. It was strategic. So I think it's a great contender. So I think you have to believe in yourself a little bit and believe in the project, but, um, but know that it probably has some great goals and you've met them. So, um, so yeah. Uh, I love how you, well, number one, thanks for all the, the details, right? Like, cause like I said, I, th I feel like people, especially if you're running your own agency, right? Like, I think everybody goes through that imposter syndrome phase where they were like, mm, mm. like, I'm okay. Like, I'm not <laughs> sure. Like, even it's funny. I mean, I was having a conversation with someone like, yeah, I worked on the Super Bowl, like probably like five years in a row. And they're like, you did what? And I was like, yeah, but I didn't, in my head, I'm just like, this is just like a thing. This doesn't make me like great. This is just like a thing, you know? Um, and then come to find out, like, it's like a really big deal for people. And I'm just like, oh, it's just a Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, you know, I'm a big supporter as well of like the small wins, you know, the everyday small wins. And we do that even with my team. Like I'm, I'm like, then there's things, there's like days, like we, we've lost a proposal recently and my team was like really broken about it. And I was, I was like, look guys, like, we're at a place where we're really growing fast. That proposal was something that was something we probably wouldn't have even gotten maybe like two years ago. Um, so for me, like, I'm like, guys, like we're at a whole other le level right now. The proposals yeah. we're getting, that's awesome. Like, mm -hmm. okay, it sucks. We didn't maybe get it, but yeah, so we but you were, you were there to bat. Yeah. You're just like, we were bare the bat. We were part of that. That just means that we're at that level now. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and I say that stuff to my team a lot. And, and I'm like, look, we just maybe need to develop the client relationship a little bit more and whatever, whatever that is. Or maybe, you know, we got some feedback from the client and it's just and it's always... learn and move forward from it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Exactly. So, but I think, again, like I said, I think you just like talking through the process, I feel like it'll really empower people to like, you know, to step out and be like, let me at least try so I can learn yeah. from this process and then improve and get better over time so that I can also be as cool and award winning as Daryly. Um, okay. Oh, so <laughs> I'm not that cool. But, you see, you see, you see, you see what I'm talking about? Like see? it's aspirational for everybody else, right? You're like, ah, I'm not that cool. And I mean, so I, anyone, yeah, you know, um, but okay. So uh, circling, circling back, staring back away from our like self-deprecating mode over here. Um, 
I saw some like really awesome photos of uh the culture catalyst dinner and it mm. seems like you have like some really great like activations going on like incentivizing like app downloads and things like that and then there was like a panel of some kind kind of help us understand like the nuts and bolts nuts and bolts I don't know why I sound I don't know why like, I, I just sound British out of nowhere the nuts and bolts <laughs> of like putting together such like a heavily branded dinner that like it but didn't it it didn't feel overdone it felt welcoming it felt like and mind you I wasn't even there but like it felt like there was like a community and like a real conversation happening like you would have around like a family dinner table so talk to us about like what those nuts and bolts kind of looked like well that was a great really amazing event actually um that was with uh, we worked with Variety the BDM company and they, um, one of their advertisers, TikTok is, you know, it was a, it was a partnership dinner with TikTok. Um, I, you know, the, the nuts and bolts of that project was, uh, they were doing what they call like the, the culture, the culture catalyst dinner. They were inviting like media conglomerates, like who were in the entertainment industry to really talk about their experiences, everything from like an HBO HBO or Showtime, you know, head executive to like a little Broadway star's experience um, and how they affect the media and how like their experiences have affected in the media based off of now TikTok and Instagram and social and just everything. It's a, but in terms of the nuts and bolts, it was an interesting project. They did this project last year as well. Um, I think first and foremost, it's a really big dinner. It's uh, not huge, but it's probably was around 150 people. Uh, and the, they wanted, obviously, a stage uh, for this presentation um, or just this panel. And I, the biggest, not issue, but just the hardest thing we had to find was actually the venue. You know, in New York, they've done this event in L.A. In L.A., everything is much more expansive. You know, there's, it's mm -hmm. not built, like, on top of each other. Right. So yeah. when they came to me or came to us, they said, you know, we need to find a venue that has no pillars, that has no, it needs to be wide and open. Um, and they didn't, but they didn't want to go into like a, a quintessential ballroom or a hotel or make it feel stuffy. They wanted it to feel very trendy, a place that draw, that drew in new guests, like drew in guests. Um, and so in New York that City, that's success. actually, yeah, I mean, in New York City, it's a really hard find, actually, like finding a restaurant, we were looking for restaurants. And we were like, how do, there's just not that many that have like that really expansive. So the search for a venue took a quite a long time. Um, but when we found Q, they had just opened from Miami and they were like the new hot restaurant. They really worked with us on the budget. Uh, the food is so good. Um, and I think the nuts and bolts were, you know, dealing with finding the venue, dealing with the event flow. Um, I think the, the creative part, the TikTok brought in all of the actual guests, like the panelist guests they did, you know, they were really in charge of, you know, them and TikTok really were in charge of kind of the guests that were invited and all of the panelists Our our team okay. uh, helped execute kind of finding the venue, uh, dealing with the venues kind of catering system and event flow and how that was going to be served throughout the actual panel for that dinner. Mm -hmm. Um, we helped them design the stage. We did all the lighting and sound. Um, they had the script for, they brought us the script, obviously, but we were helping execute that and, and do the whole help them like execute the panel. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, uh, I think that was, but it was, it was a daunting in terms of just the timeline as well. It was a pretty quick timeline, mm -hmm. but I would say if you, in terms of a, 
in terms of um, finding really good venues for that event, I will tell you, we probably searched, I'm going to give you an average. I think we actually looked at like a hundred restaurants. <laughs> it was insane. Like, I will tell you, I actually put a list on this company. Uh, I put a list on uh, the vendry.com who's, who's a media company and who's Daphne, one of the owners like asked me, cause I told her about my experience. She's like, you need to write your list of favorite restaurants now. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that because it was such a hard thing for us to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause they are, they were very particular too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it was daunting, but I, I learned, we learned a ton from it just because we, a lot of the events that we do actually are not in restaurants. A lot of them are in blank spaces where we take over the space and we make it feel our own. Mm-hmm. So it was, you know, we have worked in restaurants, but not to that scale. So it was, it was interesting for us to, to do that. And as well as like, also there were restaurants that were, you know, after the pandemic, they were out of business or they weren't open to doing that yet, or they didn't have the staff or mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Yeah. So it was a really interesting point of point of view there. Like I said, I looked at the pictures. Like Megan, this is our remember. This is our first time talking about it. Like I didn't like read something. <laughs> like I, I looked at the pictures, and I feel like you really accomplished exactly what you said you needed to accomplish for your client. And so, like you said, really impressive because in New York, that's not really a thing, right? Like to be able to find that space. So that's super, really super, super cool. And I love how you're like, okay, well, we went, we went through about a hundred of them because guess what? you know, you go through 10 and you don't let frustration stop you, right? You just keep going until you actually get what you need. So I love that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely that kind of person. So you were talking <laughs> about, you know, the we, right? Um, and I kind of want to circle back to the 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 um, the topic of just like team. So like, mm-hmm. do you have an in-house team, right? That helps you um, execute these projects and then who is that in-house team? And then- Oh wait, I have more questions, so I'll just let you go. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we have a we have an in we have an in house creative team, um, and we have an in house production team. Um, my I'm really excited to actually announce we have a new creative director. Uh, her name's yes. Daria uh, Semenova, and she comes from a company that is pretty well known. I'm a designer in a company called David Stark. Her mm-hmm. her background is is really amazing. Um, so yeah, we have a we have a full team at house. I think I've always, you know, when we started, it wasn't always that way. I think that I really wanted to build a community. I wanted to build a team because oh, there's so many reasons. <laughs> but I think that for me, you know, I'm really about vision. I'm really about wanting to have like-minded people go towards the same direction and same goals. And I think that it, I I think that I am very specific and I, I am very detail oriented. And I think that, uh, I think that for me, it's really, really important for people to have the same, be on the same path and have the same goals and have the same vision. It, it brings everything together. It makes everything more efficient. Um, I think sometimes do we use freelancers and, and consultants to definitely help us when we need them? I, I would, you know, I would not be in business if we didn't have those people. I honestly, be honest, like, like they are, and there are people that are, you know, there are consultants. I used to be a consultant before I opened my firm. Um, you know, you, they are, they are the backbone of many agencies. I'll be honest with you. Um, cause I used to be one, so I totally get it, but I do, 
I do really feel that having an in-house team has really allowed us to be much more efficient. Um, but also it's lovely to, to support them in the wins um, and maybe the, the missteps and to teach a team uh, as well as guide them and as well as that they teach me things as well. I mean, there's, um, we have an amazing associate designer who is fresh out of college. She is super, super smart. Um, I mean, she just, she does a little, she did a little presentation the other day about uh, the trends of florals and it was lovely. It was the, I had, I, there was artists that I had never even heard of. Mm -hmm. um, and she, she really t teaches, teaches us. And I think that, and teaches me, I mean, I, uh, so I, I applaud, I, I applaud anyone who can support a helpful team, even if you're small, if you can do it, it's so rewarding. Um, it's daunting sometimes, but it's, it's really, really rewarding. I, number one, I just want to let you know that I appreciate everything you just said for two, for two primary reasons. Okay. One, so like our, our design firm, like all we do is support in-house teams who like yeah. just they can't manage to like get all the graphic design out the door. Like sometimes the deadline is just like cutting it too close or sometimes, yeah. you know, there's too many events going on. So like my entire business model is like literally <laughs> supporting like all those in-house teams. So uh, it's definitely um, a way to uh, help the community in a, in a way that sometimes people don't think is possible. However, I completely identify with the having to like lead, nurture and build your team because all of our designers are like, you know, 40 hours a week in house, well, 40 hours. I mean, sometimes <laughs> like 60, but we're, it's okay. We hug, we hug it out. We hug it out. You know, sometimes they're like, really unique. It's, 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 it's a little, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. We come in at 10 and leave at eight. What's happening? Okay. But it's fine. Um, but like, there's, there's definitely a lot of like building and nurturing, but like when like you guys get that like really big win to be able to be like, yeah, we did that thing. Like, that's so awesome. So uh, I definitely identify with all of that. Um, mm -hmm. I, I feel like there is, regardless of like whatever it is that you're doing whatever whoever you have in house right like you have to have like a rolodex of people regardless mm -hmm. like so who are like the must-haves on your rolodex when you are thinking about like a super interactive brand activation kind of event oh actually oh, let, me, let me i'm gonna be more specific um, can, I want to use uh the Neutrogena Discover You um Sun Care event as like who's on the Rolodex to execute that? I love from like a from like oh, <laughs> I love it too. They're, they've been we've worked with them a couple times. Um, and I I love working with them. They're amazing. Um, Rolodex in terms of like a oh, freelancer perspective, like so a consultant no. perspective, or just uh, like in general. In general, so the in-house staff, the uh the freelancer consultant, like. Who has to be like on the call sheet <laughs> to get this done? <laughs> done. Okay. Well, well, I mean, I think first and foremost, um, you know, the in-house team, you know, it's really, it's all always, you know, it's for us, you know, we are, we are a smaller group, so it's really all hands deck, all, you know, all hands on deck for us. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that, you know, first and foremost, we have our creative director who's kind of overseeing everything. We have all of the creative we've, we have our 
our renderers, our designers who are rendering out the the full event idea. Because for us, our creative decks, what we call our creative decks, are uh, all of our renderings are very reality driven. <laughs> we don't. I mean, look, like I, I I appreciate a nice mood board, but I think that for us, it we are. I never want our clients to maybe guess what's coming. I yeah, want them yeah. to you know know what's coming. So. We have a full design, you know, full design rendering team. Um, and then of course we have our executive producer who is leading kind of the charge of the budget and making sure that all of the, all of the design is aligning with the budget. Um, so our producer is, our executive producer is there to monitor, monitor the budget, make sure that the creative team is designing things that are within the budget <laughs> or in tandem, always working together. You know, we mm -hmm. always we always like to say sky high, uh, but, you know, sometimes also we can do things that are cheap and cheerful. Mm -hmm. um, so executive, ex <laughs> executive, uh, so executive producer is really the backbone of any project. Um, I think in terms of vendors, we, that the, that event specifically in Nutrina was based in LA. So the Rolodex is really first and foremost venue, finding the perfect venue mm -hmm. we found. Um, we had the, that was we were putting on a yoga class. So we needed a quite a big space. We found this amazing space um, called Spring Place in LA that actually had like this beautiful rooftop uh, for a, quite a big, you know, quite a large yoga class, as well as like a whole area kind of underneath for product display and catering and all of that nature. Um, so that was wonderful. They were, they provided all the food and beverage. Then we are next, next is of course, fabrication. They provided the beautiful backdrop for our yoga master, as well as for all of the press that went on. I think it was like entertainment news where Carrie Washington was doing her yoga stand. Mm -hmm. I learned I learned that day that Carrie Washington used to be a yoga instructor, which I had no idea. <laughs> she got there and she was started well, talking, and I was well, like, "Multi-talented like, things." I was like, "Of course you were." Um, <laughs> yeah, she's she's. I've worked with her a couple of times with Nutrition Project. She's she's so lovely, um, like such a beautiful kind of human being, like just. Just when I, you know, when she's off camera, even she's very, she's very lovely. Um, and then, uh, you know, I think that one was, you know, it was, it was a smaller project, but I think a lot of it was propping. So we brought in like stylists for products, um, a lot of product styling. I think a lot of prop masters, which were kind of freelance people that find that for us. Mm -hmm. um, and then local support in LA. So we always have like production assistants. Uh, which are amazing consultant freelance people who are these like secret people that, you know, I'm sure people hear about them. Like they're the, like, you know, maybe the lay people hear about these people, like they're the runners of life, but they are, they are really the backbone of every event. They are the people that, you know, could run, I hate to say run for coffee, but sometimes a coffee run is like well, the best make thing or ever. break the execution <laughs> of the day. I, be, I understand. Yes. I have, I have, I have been a production assistant quite a few times in my <laughs> life, actually. Um, and oh, I've also been the one that who needs the production assistant. So I, I, I trust and believe. I, I think when I was a production assistant, I didn't understand how actually how how necessary I was because I was like, this task is so. Ugh. I was like, you want me to set up the food? Okay, but like <laughs> when people like like even like like music music videos or like like movie scenes like whatever it is um when when people are like hungry and they've been there since like 5 a.m call time you setting up the food and like having all the things like napkins plates like 
it's like you're a fairy. Oh, it's and you're it's amazing. amazing. <laughs> I mean, the small the small things are are really really important. You know, for me, I think that I again, like I say, consultants, like freelancers and consultants and production assistants and the people that come to these sets with us, I call them sets, like they are, they are the backbone. So we have them, you know, we're lucky enough to, to work in so many different states and have them across the country. Um, and some that I love so much, I will fly, we will fly them from like other states. Like there is a gentleman that we work with a lot um, that recently moved to Georgia with his family. And I just enjoy him so much on site. And he's a lovely human being and just such a hard worker. Um, and really supports us in such a positive way that I, I, I've have flown him out for a project we did in 2022, uh, because he's such a great backbone and such a, just a, you know, I think that's something that, you know, I think that I've, I've realized that it's really about talent and finding great talent. Um, it's just really, really important for, for any event to be successful. And also when you have those long days, like you talk about, like, why am I in at nine and leaving at eight? Like, those things like having a good positive attitude and having those right people on set with you are just makes the difference. It definitely makes the process like, especially when you don't like the energy vampires because those are real. Those are real. (laughs) Those are energy. Yes, those are real. Yes. Um, So, and I want you to think like really deep on this one, like you know, dig in, right? Um, like the younger professionals or like even the seasoned ones who are like looking um, to push themselves even farther. Um, I think this information, like they need this, like they need this to kick butt. Um, okay. You have like a show stopping client list. How did you build? Mm. Oh, there's like so many ways. Um, but how I did think, you do it? How, how did I do it? No, I mean, there are so many ways that I even did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I think the, I'm going to be, to, I mean, I can be also really, if you get to know me as a person, I can be pretty blunt and transparent. But um, I think that in general, I, I'll i give you a, an interesting story. I had a client call yesterday. Um, she was, I've worked with her actually very lightly before, but um, she was, she, she works for a new brand now. And she, uh, she was talking to a colleague and she's like, I don't know who to call for this event. And, and she was like, well, what about, you know, what about Dara? And she's like, oh my gosh, yes. And so she calls me and we talk about this new project and she's talking to me and she says, you know, I know this brand has used this person before and she, this other, this other company, but she's like, I don't want to work with them. And these are the reasons why. And she's telling me, and I know who that person, that other company is. And, and I was listening to the story and she's telling this horrible story about this other company that um, literally kind of left her out to dry, like didn't finish the job. And, and then she said, you know, I remember when you did this event for us, this other event you did for us, and you were so great to work with, you delivered what you promised and you weren't difficult to work with. You were efficient. You were um, lovely. And I think that for me, what I have learned throughout this process with my clients is delivering what you promise, like quite literally everything that you say and everything you show that it is all there. There is not, there is no loose ends, you know, there's no loose ends. There's nothing not completed. And if it is like you are, 
you are communicating that you are giving them a heads up. I think that for me, I think that's, this is just crazy to say, but I just would never think in my expectations, I would, I'm just shocked to hear that people actually do that. Like there's, so for me, when I say delivering what you promise is kind of the be all end all where I think a lot of our clients, that's why we have a lot of repeat business. I think that like there are, you know, Neutrogena has come back to us many times. You know, we've done 20, we've done five to six events for Brooks running shoes. Like there's things like, I think for us, like that's kind of why. And I think that also um, a lot of the clients that we work with, you know, you know, we work with, like, let's say we work with, uh, we've worked with SkinCeuticals and Kiehl's. Now they're two, they're two brands that are owned by L'Oreal. Those brands talk to each other. L'Oreal owns a lot of brands. So those girls or those men who work for those companies will obviously talk and, and refer other companies that they talk, they, they've worked with. Mm-hmm. So I think that for me, it's really been a lot of organic referrals, like through brands, honestly, that have, that have liked our business. Um, I think that we also work with a lot of PR agencies. Uh, PR agencies in general obviously have a lot of brands. So I think what's really nice is that when you get your foot into the door with one PR company and you do a really great job on that first event, they are very willing to show you, you know, show you around. Um, and I think that for us, it's been, uh, it's been a lovely experience that way. Um, I think that, you know, do we, do we do the quintessential like cold calling? Do we do, I don't really do cold calling. I'll be honest with you. I think I do more of the, uh, more of the, do you know, you know, do you know this person? Great. Like, would you be willing to, would you be willing to kind of introduce me if I'm looking to introduce that, you know, to meet that person? Um, I think it's more of that way. And obviously I would ask for that if we've done great work together, we have a really great working relationship. Um, so I think it's a lot of that, but honestly, and, and when I meet that person, you know, we are doing maybe a capabilities meeting. We have a whole, we have a whole deck that we share of things that we've done and the goals that we've produced for our clients. But I would say so much of our business is, is referrals. Um, a lot of it is, which is amazing, but, uh, you know, John, and I think that word of mouth is, is amazing thing, but, um, I'm almost, I'm almost daunted by it sometimes. Like, and someone could refer, I've, I got a referral for a client I worked with in 2016 and I haven't talked to them in like four years. Mm-hmm. And I called them, I mean, we talked like maybe once a year cause she left the business. And I just, I was kind of shocked when she referred me. Um, so I think that in general, like that, the delivering what you promise and just doing really great work surprisingly goes like a really long way. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't really, that's like a crazy thing to say out loud, but I, I think that some people like, you know, making your clients happy. They're just like, you know, in the end, like that is, I think, you know, people, you know, in our, I think that you forget that the client, you, I, I think some people forget in our industry and not everyone, obviously, but I think that, you know, every client has someone else to, to, um, you know, prove a little bit too. Like, I think everyone has a, everyone has a leader. Everyone has to communicate that. And I think that I've always been, I've been always nice to the intern because the intern now, when I started in the industry, I would, I was dealing with interns. I was dealing with lower level coordinators, account coordinators. They're now VPs. 
So, I mean, I think in general, you know, I've, I respect everyone in the room. Um, and I think that that's really gone a long way. So I guess it's like, a, I know it's like so fundamental, but I have to say like, it's, it's really the backbone of my business. Um, because I, I never will ever promise anything I cannot deliver. I will, I will tell a client first, like, no. And then instead of, instead of winning a business and not being able to do it, like I will flat out do that. I over promise, I guess is the word. Yeah. I, um, I don't think that there's anything wrong with focusing on like fundamentals, like integrity to build a business. You actually haven't been the first guest to come on here and like talk about um, that being like the, their, their winning way, right. Forward. Right. It's just like having professional integrity, like doing what they say they will. And then like not treating people in the room, like crap is helpful. Um, regardless <laughs> of like, you know, like all the things that they have going on, all the things they have to do and all the things they have to execute. So thank you for that. I, I think there was, there was a, there was something that I saw um online and this is a bit of a deviation from where I was gonna go today but there, you, okay. there's a there's a post on I think um only only good events.com hmm. where you were talking about like um I want to say it's just like female empowerment in like a business space like in this space and I think it's just really important for us to be willing to like share our stories, our success stories and like how we actually go from point A to point B so we can help the next person kind of transition from a place of like major imposter syndrome to a place of I can do it, let me execute. So I just want to say thank you for taking the time to chat with me today um and um being willing to share your story and your methods and your background on how to become an award winning um you know event professional uh, oh. but before i let you go i do have one more question um oh geez okay <laughs> what is one event that every corporate event marketer planner professional should attend every single year this is a really hard question okay actually. um uh, do i have to give just one <laughs> okay can I get if you want to like two or three <laughs> if you have three i'll take it okay um so I would say one for one for mental mindset power, as well as a combination of seeing a corporate event like this. Um, so I went to uh, I go to Tony Robbins um, Unlimited Power Within. I think it's well, uh, I think it's Unlimited Power Within um, events and. I, I unfortunately don't know how many live events he's doing anymore, but he's done a lot of virtual ones since the pandemic. Um, I think that is probably the most powerful event I have been to um, from a, from a personal standpoint, as well as from a, 
event standpoint of watching I was at the I go to the one in Newark that is like 30,000 plus people in a stadium and watching the production that happens there and the amount of money that is spent there and the salesmanship that's there and I think that those are that is an amazing event to go to Mm -hmm. Um, I would definitely say that Um, another event I would say to get your fill of inspiration as well as um, just event structure, I would say going to, I would say, I would say two, I would say I would go to South by Southwest um, or Art Basel. My Uh, personal, my art, my choice would probably be Art Basel um, just because I am a, uh, I am, you know, I, I have the art form of art in general and sculpture is something that inspires everything that we do every day. Um, you know, yesterday I took a field trip with our team and went to Chelsea Galleries. And I think that for me, or in the, the gallery, you know, place in, in New York City, and I think that um, it's inspiring. So in terms of Art Basel, it is the most inspiring place to for artwork, for inspiration, for events, for creativity, as well as there are so many events to just understand, you know, the corporate event flow of how those events take place um there's just so many to go to in one week that i think <laughs> it's such a learning it's such a learning experience Listen, um, art basil i can tell you is i don't want to say it's like the bane of my existence so like <laughs> i i i am like a, a formally uh trained fine artist as well so um, you know, I've done like my fair share of like international exhibits and I've done my fair share of like, you know, exhibiting at, uh, at the different Basel events down there in Miami. And wow. listen, especially when, when you're an artist, okay, or and, like you don't have like an art rep, okay? So you go, <laughs> you go from showing your art in the day and you go right to the parties and then you do it again. And then there is no sleep. It's like when you're 20 in college, <laughs> you just go and go and go. So yeah, there's definitely a lot to observe because there's always something to do. And everybody has a party. Everybody. Everybody. And I I just think it's a really great, it's just a, it's just a really great, it's one of my favorites I've ever gone to ever. Um, and I mean, it's in Miami. You can't get better weather. So I'm, I'm you know, I always think about South by can be uh, a little hot <laughs> depending on the time of year, but um so no, I would say those two are probably my first and foremost, I would say go-to that okay, and that have always inspired me. All right. Well, Dara, thank you so much again for chatting with me. And um, I will hopefully see you around. Maybe, oh, thank maybe you. at South By. <gasps> mm, well, I know. Well, I, thank you so much for your time. I really, really, it was so lovely to meet you. Um, and thank you so much. And that's a wrap for this episode of Aventus 365. We hope you enjoyed listening and learning something new today. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform to help event professionals discover us. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and sign up for our newsletter for behind the scenes content and updates on upcoming events. If you have any suggestions for future topics or guests, or just want to say hello, you can reach us at info at eventus365.com. We love hearing from our listeners. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Eventus 365.